Hey everyone, welcome to the uh, the Fox Podcast, Fox Moto Podcast. Here with uh, Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki's Jordan Smith, who's uh, what are you about a month out from racing? Yeah, like what? Uh, I it's, guess it's crazy that it started on the quote unquote East Coast, right? But yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's like everyone's getting all confused trying to like talk about it this year i feel like but i think they should have called it first coast and second coast would have been a little bit easier to understand (laughs) (laughs) yeah right what is it uh okay so where's your first race is it orlando yeah orlando the second orlando round is the first west coast (laughs) so the first one is east coast and the second one's west coast (laughs) yeah but uh hey you got to do what you got to do right so yeah i'm just glad that we're having a season and so far there's fans in the stands and you know that's pretty cool yeah so okay so as a guy who is uh you know, not racing yet. I know you've probably been watching, uh, watching the races, uh, pretty intently. Like, are you, do you got the Peacock app and all that? And Oh yeah, I got it. Keeping <laughs> I actually track? had it. I actually already had it because, uh, Golf. I was watching, uh, Tiger and his son play <laughs> the, the PNC father son and, and you had to have it to watch. So oh, I nice. got it then. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. So, okay. So as, as a guy who's competed against a bunch of the guys you're watching and stuff, what is your uh, what's your take on the season so far? The first two rounds. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, and the two fifty. Obviously, Craig came out swinging at the first round. He looked extremely well. Like, I mean, I don't think he made any mistakes the whole day. And then um, the second round, he rode good in my opinion, but he definitely made a lot more mistakes mm-hmm. um, at the second round. Uh, and then. It was kind of vice versa for for Jet. He made a lot of mistakes in the first round and second round, pretty flawless. So mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, those two guys are definitely going to be up there. And then um, I think that Nichols is going to also get stronger throughout the season. Um, yeah. He's he's a really good rider and he's had a lot of injuries and and you know tough breaks over the last few years and he always seems to come out swinging. So. As far as I know, he was pretty healthy through the off season, and I think that just getting some solid racing time under his belt, I think that um, by you know by the time we get to Indy and, and stuff, I think that uh, he's going to be um, right up there battling for wins every weekend. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so uh, Craig and uh, Lawrence on the days that they won, they both had like perfect days, right? Where they didn't make any yeah. mistakes. Yep. You could just see it in their eyes. Like it's funny because. Christian had this look at H1 that I didn't see in his face at H2. Yeah, it's kind of like as a racer, do you just have those days when you just know? Because I mean, you've you've got two wins, right? Uh, three, three. three. Okay, yeah. Like on those days, was it like you just kind of had that feeling and you knew? Uh, I mean, some of them and some of them no. So like the first, my first win was in uh, Detroit in 2017. And I didn't really qualify that good in practice. I, I, I liked the track. I felt comfortable on the track, but my time wasn't really that great. I think I was, I think over a second and a half off in practice. Oh, wow. um, I'm pretty sure we had, uh, like our, our coast was um, pretty stacked um, that year. And uh, and so we had AC, Savachi, Ferranda. So, you know, the... Um, the qualifying times were just super fast and I'm not the best qualifier. So anyway, so the, 
heat, uh, we got to the heat race and I fell twice, went off the track once and didn't make the main. <laughs> so went to the LCQ and won the LCQ. By the time I got to the main, I was just like over it. I was sitting on the starting line. I was just didn't I not that I didn't want to be there, but I was just ready for the night to be over, you know, like mm-hmm. I just had already had had a pretty rough day and I was just ready for it to be over and had really far outside gate pick rip a great start and then uh yeah things just kind of fell into place for me but then uh fast forward to the next year i won daytona and that night i just everything clicked i qualified good i think i qualified second or third um only a tenth or two off and then um I got the whole shot in the heat race, one that led every lap, whole shot in the main event, led every lap, no mistakes, you know. So, like, it was just kind of like two completely different scenarios for mm-hmm. me. But uh, it was what, which, pretty cool. Which type is more rewarding? Um, I think, to me, it's the that perfect night, you know, like, where um, just everything clicked. Because that's, that's really what you work for, you know. Like, you want – you want everything to go good. You want to get a good start. You want to qualify good. You want to lead every lap if you can. You know, like that. That's um, I think more rewarding to me. But both of them get the job done. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, hey, when you guys are out there qualifying, and <clears throat> you know the difference sometimes between first and like tenth is like you know tenths of a second, right? You guys are yep. all that close. Is it? Is it really? Like if you're, say, seventh, right, and you're within the same one-second bracket of the guy in first, are you going, damn it, I got smoked, I'm seventh? Or are you like, oh, dude, I'm like right there? Uh, I think as you're out there and you're like going around and you come around and you see like your mechanic or whatever on the pit board has seventh, you're like, oh, my, are you kidding me? Like I feel like I'm going fast, you know, and then – you go back and you look at the times and break them down. You're like, okay, it's just like a little here and a little there. And, mm-hmm. and for me, I've never really been that great of a qualifier anyways. Mm-hmm. So I don't put a ton of emphasis on qualifying. Like obviously I want to do good and I want to qualify good. But if I don't, I know that by the time the race comes around, like I'm put it, I'll put in consistent laps. My fitness is going to be good mm-hmm. and the main event should still be good for me. As long as I get, solid lap like uh we work on a lot of mtf just getting in a lot of laps in practice even Mm -hmm. though it's qualifying a lot of guys like to go out and do like one fast lap and we you know try to just like not really worry so much about how fast the lap is just get prepared for the night show kind of um kind of like how dungy you know like he always sometimes he'd be fast in practice sometimes he wouldn't but he was always ready for the main event you know like Mm -hmm. he always was prepared to go out and do his lines that he practiced and 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 qualifying and stuff and always you know it always worked out for him always showed up in the main event so so your strategy during the time qualifying sessions is just consistent laps you know you don't ever go okay and time it and and like watch who's in front of you and i'm gonna put in a heater right now yeah I, i mean i i do do that um still but um, whenever I do that, I don't just go like one lap at a time. I'll just try and string two to three laps together, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and sometimes if I'm struggling with the track more and that's just not really working for me, then I'll just kind of abandon that plan and just try and 
just do my laps, you know, at mm-hmm. the end of the practice, just like keep going just cause it doesn't really matter if I qualify seventh or eighth or if I qualify second, you know, it's not mm-hmm. gonna, not gonna really make a huge difference. So, um, yeah, it's just about getting those laps and getting prepared for the night show. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's like a rhythm lane and there's different ways to go through it, how do you determine which is faster? Do you try to remember, okay, I did this on the third lap and this one on the fourth? Or um, or does your filmer... Yeah, or you mainly... Guys, you guys have that overlay thing and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, I think it's called Dartfish. Yeah, yeah. mainly it's the filmer and um, just kind of going back and, and timing, you know, like the section, the one lap you did it, and then timing it the next lap. Um, just... Cause sometimes it's, it's kind of hard, especially whenever, you know, like in free practice, we only have eight minutes to try and dial it in. So it's, it's hard to, you're just trying to, to get the rhythms dialed in. And sometimes it might be that maybe you didn't even try another rhythm. Um, Mm -hmm. and you only did one, but there was a faster one and you might see that on the video, you know, you might see a video of someone else doing it and you're like, okay, that's what I need to pick up this next practice. You know, like that's what I need to focus on Mm -hmm. trying to get right away and, and, because that's what's going to be the race line tonight and going to get me a fast qualifying time as well. Yeah. Okay, so you know sometimes you watch practice and you see guys whipping it and other guys are just straight. Yeah. If, if you whip it over a triple, is it slower than going straight? Uh, it just kind of depends, I would say. I mean, if you're if you're able to scrub the triple, then, mm-hmm. you know, then that's going to be faster. Um, but um, if you're just throwing a whip for style, then that's probably going to be a little <laughs> bit slower, you know, yeah. but, um, I'm not a big, I'm not big of a whipper. So usually if you see my bike sideways, I either messed up or I'm, or I'm scrubbing something. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at throwing whips. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, we were talking about H1, H2 so far. So then your two teammates on the East, Austin Forkner and, uh, Joe Shimoda, um, Austin got second at the first race and kind of messed up at the second one. And Joe's consistent at both. Can you yep. talk a little bit about those two guys and give me some insight on what it's like to be a teammate with them and what you yeah, think of their, um, of their like racecraft? Honestly, uh, I haven't even met Joe yet. Um, to be completely honest with you, I, um, I hurt my thumb in December, um, and had to, to take some time off. So, um, I just got back out to California okay. and they were already gone to the, to the race in Houston. Uh, um, so you've never, so, you've never talked uh, to Joe before, like when he was on Geico? No, I never, I've never talked to him. So, oh, wow. um, I guess whenever they come back this weekend, uh, that'll be the first time I meet him uh, <laughs> okay. next week. So, uh, yeah. And then, um, Austin, you know, he, um, I've raced with him. We we're kind of, I would say the two guys in 2019 before I hurt my wrist and then he ended up uh, hurting his knee. But um, yeah, I mean, Austin's a really good racer. He's super fast. Obviously he's got to be one of the fastest guys on a dirt bike. Um, And, you know, he can sometimes get a little bit wild, but uh, I think I actually just saw where he's out tonight. Did you see that? Yeah. He crashed in first practice. Yeah. So that, that's unfortunate, you know. Um, I mean, I feel for him. He's had a lot of injuries as well throughout his career, and and kind of the same as me. You know, I've had I've had some really good years, and these last few years have been just tough. You know, it's mm. it's just tough. You know, we're all going as 
as fast as we can every weekend, every lap that we're on the track and, and, you know, some things just happen and it's tough to stay healthy sometimes. And it's unfortunate to see anyone, um, get hurt and, uh, don't want to see that for anyone. So, um, unfortunate to see that he's out tonight because, you know, I thought that, um, at the first round, you know, we've been, um, trying to dial in the new bike all year, all off season. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was really impressed with his ride at the at the first round. I thought that he rode really good. He didn't get the greatest start, and he made uh, a lot of yeah. smart moves coming through the pack and, and ended up second. And I felt like was even catching Christian a little bit. So um, I was really impressed there. And then obviously last week he had a little bit of a controversial move with RJ. You know, was, he he had the faster line going three three three, and maybe he was a little too far back. And RJ kind of cut down at the same time, so it's kind of just a a bad mix there but um but yeah he's uh he's fast that's for sure yeah it almost looked the same as the dungy freezy crash yep. the week before yeah but yeah so joe he's super cool he's he's almost well obviously he's japanese from japan but i always tell him well dude you're too japanese and he goes what do you mean well you're too polite you're too <laughs> nice too and so it was funny because last uh well, Tuesday morning before H2, I text him. I was like, Joe, I always tease my Joe-san, you got to be more of a dick today. Don't be <laughs> such a nice Japanese boy. And, and he replied with a picture of him flipping the camera off. <laughs> <laughs> That's he funny. Goes, yeah, I've, heard, today. I, I've heard that he's cool. I heard that it's like, I didn't know like if he even spoke like good English, you know, like I've never, I've, I've literally never talked to him before. So, yeah. but they said that he speaks pretty good English. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. So. That's, it's come a long way. Yep. I think I met him when he was riding a, he used to ride this all white KTM 85 and he was at our race series. So I've known him for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cool. But, uh, cool. So, okay. So you hurt your thumb. Uh, were you, when you crash and hurt your thumb, were you just like, damn it again? I mean, yeah. Was, I mean, it's just, it just seems like it's like one after the other right now. It's just been su- such a frustrating couple of years, really, um, starting in 2019, like 2017, 2018, like we're both really good years for me. That's whenever I got my three wins. I, I don't know, in the two years, I probably had 10 podiums or, or more. Um, and then in 2019, uh, the second race I hurt my wrist and mm-hmm. it was just like, we couldn't figure out what was wrong with it and ended up getting two surgeries and, and it, it's better now. It, it's not, it's not, uh, completely fixed. I wouldn't say it, it still bothers me, mm-hmm. um, from time to time, but, uh, it's good enough to ride a dirt bike, you know? Yeah. And then last year, uh, coming into the season, I was a little bit banged up. I really didn't get much time on the bike because of my wrist, um, and some other small injuries and, then uh and then i hurt my knee at daytona whenever i kind of finally felt like i was getting to where i wanted to be like because i was right there i was getting you know like fourth and fifth and not that far off of the top three but it it was just enough so i felt like i was kind of getting back and then i hurt my knee and then you know that was a, a long recovery and and then i had about two about three months on the bike um and i was feeling really really good i mean probably close to the best I've ever felt um like on a supercross track like in my career I felt really good I felt really ready for the season my fitness was good everything you know we were getting the bike dialed in it was coming around and 
And then uh, I was out at State Fair and doing a wheel tap and crashed on a wheel tap and hurt my thumb. And so um, mm. I ended up having to get surgery on that um, at the beginning of December. So um, just getting back on the Supercross track now and uh, going to have, you know, about a month so month now till, yeah. till the first race. So uh, the good thing is I had a good base. I had those three months on the bike um, before I got hurt and – uh, I've already been riding some outdoors and stuff and, and I feel good on the bike. So, um, shouldn't be an issue once I get back on supercross and, and get my feet back under me on that and should be good to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll say, uh, last year before you got hurt, I, th I thought you didn't look up to your speed. Like you looked a little rusty. Yeah. And then when I saw you what, last month, two months ago, at, remember I came out to the Glen Helen supercross track? Yep. Yep. <laughs> you were ripping that day. Yeah, I know. That's what, you know, last year I felt I, once I came back from my wrist, I mean, it, it bothered me quite a bit at first, um, just riding in general, just putting that pressure on it. Um, mm -hmm. And so it took me a while. And then once I did get back, I, that I ended up hurting my knee um, at state fair again uh it was on the outdoor track and, and that's whenever i kind of initially hurt my knee and then i uh, tore some ligaments in it and then at daytona that just kind of finished it off so um so it was just like i didn't really get a ton of time on the bike and i wasn't comfortable i was trying to go too fast too early and just i just never felt like comfortable going that fast you know mm -hmm. so um i actually uh after Dallas, I came out to California and did some testing last year and got a little bit more comfortable on the bike. Um, and then going into Daytona, um, I felt like everything was starting to kind of come around. I was feeling better on the bike. Um, and I had a better day of qualifying. Um, I had a better heat race. And then uh, I felt I felt ready for the for that main event. I came out with a good start, and then uh, Shane and I got together and and went down kind of awkwardly on my knee, and it just mm. pretty much just completely blew it out there. So that was the end of that. So, um, but like you said, I was feeling really good, and I, I think that you know I really haven't had that much time off the bike. I think I've only been off the bike for about five weeks. So mm -hmm. um, I think that it shouldn't take me long to kind of get back uh, to feeling good again, and and uh, hopefully um, stay healthy throughout the whole season and just, you know, build. I think that's one of the biggest things with, um, in our sport is just, you know, being healthy. So you have that time, the comfortability on the bike and it's tough whenever you get hurt a lot. It's, it's tough to come back. Mm -hmm. Hey, how are you uh, getting along with the 21 KX250? Yeah, it's good. Um, um, it's, uh, a lot of the stuff on it is, um, similar to, you know, like I, I have already rode with a, a hydraulic clutch for three years on the um ktm so yeah. um that wasn't a huge adjustment to me and uh it's nice with the electric start and stuff and but uh it was a completely different bike and and they had you know multiple years of r d into the old bike so yeah. um you know you don't just jump on a new bike most of the time and, and you have all that stuff um just working perfectly so it does take time and uh we were really making a lot of improvements before um i got hurt so 
Um, I've been talking to the guys and they said that they've made a lot more improvements. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to get on the Supergrass track and, and feel it out and, and see uh, where we're at. It's uh, It was already getting really close to, to being where we, we needed to be before mm-hmm. I left. You know, I was always wondering about that because like the – Remember the factory Honda guys? Remember when they had a hydraulic clutch when it wasn't on the bike? It was a cable clutch stock. Yep. <clears throat> and then they'd go back and forth, and some of them ran it and some of them didn't. And for, you know, a low-level guy like me, I get on a bike with a hydraulic clutch versus a cable clutch, and it feels different, but, yeah, whatever, right? But for yeah. a, a high-end guy like you and, and the others, what does a hydraulic clutch do so differently than a cable clutch is it the feel off the start uh yeah i mean to me it's really like um it's not a huge difference to me like it's not something that i'm i'm super picky about Mm -hmm. um i think i could really do either way the one nice thing about the hydraulic clutch is uh especially in supercross is that you don't have to adjust it you know so a lot of times like the first lap two laps you're using your clutch a lot with so many people around and and all that stuff, and, and you'll have to adjust the clutch mm. and kind of keep up with that. And so the hydraulic clutch just kind of automatically does that for you. So um, that that's the one really nice thing. And then also, um, I, I like the release of the of the hydraulic clutch uh, on the start a little bit better. Mm. Um, just you can release it a little bit quicker, in my opinion. Um, it's just uh, just a different feel, hard to explain, kind of. Okay. So, uh, man, you got one month. Uh, what is the strategy with uh, your days at the track? I mean, obviously you're going to get back on the Supercross track and ease into the flow of it. But then after that, is it uh, is it more testing or is it just you know sprints and simulated main events and all that? Uh, yeah, I think that for the most part, it's probably not um, not going to be too many like sprints for me. Um, just probably going to be trying to get back to my fitness level being where it needs to be on supercross you know because obviously i've still been doing tons of bike rides and and all that and and my fitness feels really good as far as the gym stuff goes but it's a completely different animal whenever you get on the supercross track and your heart rate's so high and stuff so it'll just be doing the laps to kind of get my breathing right and all that stuff and um and i think that they've already kind of updated a lot of the stuff on the bike um Mm -hmm. for for what uh like austin and those guys have been testing and liking so um i'm excited to try that and hopefully we won't need much work after that and then uh we can just get down to business and get to doing the laps and the motos and and show up to orlando ready to go Mm -hmm. okay your teammates on the quote-unquote west coast are uh cameron mcadoo and hammaker right yep uh same thing talk about those two guys a little bit yeah uh Cameron, uh, is really good rider. We were doing a lot of riding, um, out, out here before I got hurt. Uh, we were doing some motos and stuff together and, and trying to push each other. So, um, so that's good. I always like whenever we can do that, you know, it's always good to be able to have someone there to push you and, and, you know, there may be some days where you feel like you're going good and, and he shows up and is going faster than I am and, and vice versa. So that's always good to be able to push. And then, and Seth, uh, obviously coming in as a rookie, it's always tough for rookies on supercross and, and stuff. So, um, from what I had seen before I left, he was adapting really well. He, um, looked really good around the whole track. The only spot that 
um, I would say that he needed work was the whoops. And uh, I did get to see him ride a little bit last week and, and he looked like, uh, like he was a lot better in the whoops. So mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much, I would say for the most part is every rookie's kind of arch nemesis. So that's like <laughs> the hardest obstacle for them to get over and yeah. uh, always has been probably always will be. So um, I'm sure that uh, they'll still be tough for him all year, but uh, he's looking really good. So um, I'm excited to see what they got. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the Dales at Glen Helen that we we're talking about, he was skipping the whoops. Yeah. Th- I think that that was, uh, I think that was his first day on supercross oh, that okay. day. I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, and those, those whoops at Glen Helen were super, super tough. So yeah. I think that they probably just told him just to go around them for that day. But yeah, um, he, he looked a lot better in the whoops, uh, whenever I saw him last week. So, What's more That's important in uh, what's the most important thing in going fast through supercross whoops? Is it body position and technique, or is it just straight up balls? Uh, it, it's definitely the technique side of it and body position and stuff. Um, if if you don't have that, you can go fast through them, but eventually you're going to crash and you're probably going to crash either way. Eventually in the whoops, you know, you see the best whoops riders, they, they crash in them. So, um, but being able to consistently go fast and, in every set of whoops is a lot about just being comfortable in them and comfortable and confident in your technique and, and body position. And, um, and that will get, help you get on top of them easier. And the more that you, you do that and, and you have solid runs in them, then the, the easier it is to just pick up the speed a little bit, a little bit, and and more comfortable you are, you know. Mm-hmm. What gear do you typically go through, man? Uh, most of the time, I try to get to fourth gear. Sometimes, if they're right out of the turn, then it's kind of tough to carry fourth, so yeah. you'll have to do them in third. Um, but most big sets, you you have to get fourth on a two fifty. Wow, it's funny to me that uh, like one of the guys that's gnarly in whoops is Malcolm Stewart, right? And yep. he, he says he's scared to death of him and hates him. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I he goes very fast to him. So it doesn't – I mean, in my opinion, it doesn't matter how comfortable you are in the whoops or um, good you are. If you're going that fast through him, you know, you just – it just takes the smallest little thing mm. and the smallest overreaction and, and you're on the ground. And yeah. So that's – I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. There's always scary. Well, it looks so gnarly is when, like, I come to a a test track, right? And it's not, like, graded all the time. And the whoops are just cupped out and beat. I'm just like, dude, how do you even go through those? You know, because, like, and then the cups aren't even in line. (laughs) I think the same thing sometimes whenever I go and look at them after a day of riding. I'm like, how how are we even going? Like, I don't even know how I go through (laughs) this. Like, I don't even know how it's possible that our dirt bikes, like, that – we can go from one whoop to the next and, and it doesn't just, we don't all crash. Like, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Pretty hairy. So, uh, okay. So you've been, uh, riding the bicycle quite a bit. Is, are you ride, ro- riding a road bike mostly or a mountain bike? Uh, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly, mainly road biking just cause the, uh, mountain bike is a little bit sore on my thumb. Um, oh, yeah. but, and whenever I was in Georgia, it was a little bit chilly. So, I was doing a lot of, uh, the road rides on Zwift, uh, mm-hmm. just in my house. Um, so, uh, I was doing a lot of that. And then now that I'm out in California, uh, I w- went on a couple road bike rides. And then yesterday I did the, 
the ride up the Indian ITT. Truck Trail Road. Yeah, yeah, the ITT climb. So that was pretty cool. That was my first time doing it, so I didn't really know what to expect, but it was it's freaking steep. It's pretty gnarly. <laughs> it's steep and it never ends, man. It's it forever. never ends. It just goes forever and ever. And and then like three quarters of the way up, it changes from Southern California to to the mountains, nor- right? Northern yeah. California. Yeah, to Mammoth. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy so. that there's like fir trees up there and stuff. Yeah, or, or pine it, trees. And it's whatever. pretty crazy too. Like all, I guess from the fires. Like I don't know if it was this past summer or the summer before or, or what, but like all the trees are all burnt yeah. up there. So yeah. they're all dead and it's pretty, pretty sad to see that, you know? Did you see anyone else? I bet you didn't. No, nope, I was, by, well, I went, the, just the guy I went with, uh, and, but no, we were, we were by ourselves up there. It's pretty crazy. I told him, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if I would have kept going like this whole way it's if I was scary, completely dude. by myself, like <laughs> not knowing where I was going or anything. You know? And then at the top, I, there's all that, like, coverage like i don't know maybe they're burnt down now but before at the very top like the trees were over the trail and stuff it's like dude is there a mountain lion up there that's what i that's what so like we were probably only a half a mile up and and the uh guy went with lee uh he was like you see those tracks that was cat tracks that's not a house cat that's (laughs) bobcat or something and i'm like and i was like uh or he said, as long as it's not a mountain lion, and uh, I'm like, then he got me thinking about mountain lions, and and uh, I kind of was a little bit in front of him, so I was kind of just by myself for like the last, I would say three quarters or half the climb, yeah. and I'm just riding. I'm like thinking I hear something on the side. I'm like looking, but I also don't want to ride off the edge of this mountain. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm like, I probably I probably wouldn't want to do that by myself. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that trail is gnarly. Did you guys go to the uh, towers, or did you stop at the main divide gate? No, we stopped at the main divide gate. Uh, we weren't sure how to – we thought that it was going to take us, like, all the way to the towers because neither of us had ever done it. Mm-hmm. But um, – so I guess – do you have to go right once you yeah, get up you, to the main you go, divide? you go right, and then it yeah. goes up. And okay. I'll tell well, you what, the- from there to the towers is the worst yeah. ever. Really? It's so steep. There's a part that's so rocky, it's, like, really hard to climb. You almost dang. have to you almost have to hike it. Oh dang. Yeah, the um I don't know if there's a way around it or something maybe, but that, that trail like to the right right now there's tons of trees down. So oh, I don't really? know if okay. you can maybe go around the first part and then it gets better, or if it's pretty bad all the way up, I'm not sure. Hmm. So there was a lot of lot of trees down. But yeah. Yeah. I'm uh I'm gonna have to go try it again now that uh I know what to expect and everything a little yeah. bit more. You know what you need that, to do? The you ride need... down that is pretty scary, honestly. That stuff is slick, and you're yeah. like right on the edge of that mountain. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes, so like after this storm that we're supposed to have this week, if yeah. you go do it, they'll probably, it gets gnarly like where the whole road washes out. And it'll be like a six foot, just the trail's gone. And you have to wow. like hike around the side. That's always fun to remember when you're coming down. Yeah, for sure. Don't you know, want to go into that. Huh? You know, what you could do now. You can make your wife Katie go with you because she's got that Turbo Levo. Yeah. Yep. That'd be nice. Yeah. I I, I remember like I haven't ridden the ITT in quite a while, but there was a while where I was like kind of like into it and doing it all the time, and I would never see anyone up there, right? And so I got up to the top. You know, I reached the top at Main Divide once, and I was like, "Dude, I gotta go to the bathroom." And I'm like, "Nobody's ever up here." <laughs> I literally went right there on the road, like at the top. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, 
using my glove and I left it there and I'm like taking off back down the hill and literally like a quarter mile down was like a girl's high school mountain bike team coming up the hill. No. And I'm like, I start laughing. I'm like, oh, they're in for a surprise. <laughs> and one, oh, of them, one of them goes, hi, Swap. And I'm like, who, oh. <laughs> who was that? And I'm like, oh, whatever. And I just kept riding. And later that night, I got a DM on Instagram. I saw your glove. Ha ha. <laughs> Oh man, that's rough. <laughs> oh man. Of course they would know who you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not denying that it wasn't mine, you know, right? Because oh, yeah. no one else is up there. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, uh, I, I got to the top yesterday and I was, uh, waiting for Lee to get up there and, uh, I had brought a banana with me mm-hmm. and I ate it. And I was like, man, I might have to, I might have to use the bathroom up here, but luckily I didn't. I made it back down to the bottom before I did. <laughs> you have to use the <laughs> banana peel. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. man. Well, if I ever see a glove up there, I'll know not to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring it back to you. Yeah. Okay. That's a deal. <laughs> well, cool, man. So, uh, maybe I'll, I, I need to try to get out to the track with you before you're racing. Yeah. For some sure. Filming or shooting or something. For but, sure. Um, but so when, uh, when racing starts and there's the breaks in between, are you coming back to California or are you going back home? I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we can go back home. Um, right now, just uh, we don't necessarily have enough parts to get a bike back home. So, oh, yeah. um, so right now, I'm, I'm in California. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, it would be nice if I could go back home because I can, like, Orlando is only about three and a half hours from, maybe only three from our house. Daytona is only three from the house. Atlanta is only three from the house, so I can drive to pretty mm. much all of them, just like right there, you know. So that would be nice. Um, oh yeah, Dri- but, driving's better than flying. Yeah, for sure. And too, with uh, the Atlanta one, um, with it, we us having three races there, I can just drive back um, in between. Like if I wanted to ride in between the Tuesday Saturday one, mm, you know, yeah. so that would be nice. But we'll see. Uh, see how a little bit more testing goes, and and hopefully we can get a bike back home. Mm-hmm. okay i'm putting you on the spot who's your call for tonight tonight i'm gonna go with tomac in the 450 and i think i'm gonna go with nichols in the 250 i think he's overdue he, yeah i think so so we'll see we'll see the 450 class is just absolutely crazy there's just so many guys that can win or top three you know mm-hmm. it's it's wild it's pretty cool it's pretty cool to see you know it's like i've always like kind of wished that motocross is a little bit more like you know something like golf or something where you know just really never know who is gonna win Mm -hmm. and it seems like we're kind of like getting to that point you know everyone's riding so good and it always ends up you know by the end of the year it seems like the same guys are up front but so far it's uh it's pretty crazy whenever you have barsha would it, he get ninth i think last weekend so like yeah. one nine or something and still has the points lead that's wild <laughs> yeah what he, he said he broke his shifter off or someone was stuck in yeah. first gear how do you yeah. go through whoops in first gear when you're saying you're well, going through them before well on a 450 first gear is pretty insane i mean it would still be really hard i think he probably or no that was a different set. Those whoops were pretty V'd out last week. Mm-hmm. So he was probably just kind of jumping through that main line. But on a 450, actually, 
um, whenever I was riding for TLD, uh, my second year with him, I raced Monster Cup on the on the KTM 450, mm-hmm. and um, it, it had been years since I'd rode a 450. I'd never rode one on Supercross, and um, I was riding it for like two days, and I, you know, everything was good. Like I felt okay on the bike, but I was like pretty revved out quite a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was I was listening. I think. I think it was Marvin was out there. Someone, someone else was out there. Uh, Marvin or Tickle or someone. I'm like, man, their bike does not sound as revved out as mine does. And uh, and I went out that time, and I realized I was riding the whole track in first gear, and I was no only way. going to I was only going to second gear in the whoops. Oh so my god! It was like <laughs> I, I was like, no wonder. But but first gear is just so gnarly on 450s, like yeah. that you can just run it. You know, it, it's revved out, but it's it's obviously it's better to be in second gear, but it, it is possible to ride it in first gear. So if he would have been like on a 250, it'd have been you know almost impossible. But yeah. on the 450, it's a little bit a little bit better. <laughs> That's a crazy story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, hey man, thanks for your time on uh, on this rainy Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, uh, Looking forward to seeing you at the track. So keep me posted. Yeah, will you uh, shoot me a text or something when you're headed out? And it will do. Uh, if it's okay for me to come out, I'll, I'll be out there. Yep, uh, I will. I'll. Uh, thanks for having me on, and I'll definitely let you know whenever uh, I'm back up to to speed and and doing my motos and stuff, so you can come on out. Awesome. All right, guys. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Uh, make sure you keep an eye out for uh, the green number eighty out there when uh, east east coast. No, West Coast start. No. West Coast. Second Coast. West <laughs> Second Coast, Coast. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Hey, thanks, Jordan. Right. Thanks for listening, yep. guys. Bye-bye.